Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Ave Geeks podcast. I'm Flight Corporal Jack Anderson, and I'm here with Flight Corporal Nadim Elgazar. Hello, everyone. And Flight Corporal Aiden Paul. How's it going? As always, we are going to be your hosts for this episode. And this week, we have a great episode set up for you guys. It's all about drones, the exciting new technology. Now, let's get right into this. So, first of all, let's talk about the different things that drones can do, the different roles that they perform. First and foremost, we have recreation. Let's be completely honest, it is tons of fun to fly around a little mini helicopter with a camera on it. What is not to love? It is just brilliant. It's beautiful. Everything about it is tons of fun. Next. Good way to pass time. It is. It truly is. Uh, next, we have photography and filming. That one is also pretty obvious because most drones nowadays, they have cameras on them. They actually have some pretty good cameras on them. For example, the drone that I have it has a 2.7K camera on it. It is very high quality. The pictures and videos it takes are very good. So this can be used by professional filmmakers. It actually has in quite a lot of movies recently. There's been uh, lots of scenes where in past years, they'd have to use a crane. They'd hook up a camera to the crane. They'd lower it down. And now they just do it with the drone, which is much safer, cheaper, and easier. And there's a lot of ways that just a regular person can make money off just taking pictures and videos for companies and selling them on stock image companies, uh, websites, yes, that sorry. Is, that is a big thing right now, selling stock images. Some of those can go for $1 per, uh, uh, per purchase. Considering the amount of people that probably be purchasing that, you can make quite a lot of money off of that. So if you're a drone pilot, I would definitely recommend looking into that. Next, military operations yet another one this is the one that we always see in tv and movies the the eye in the sky hundreds of miles away with the pilots on the other side of the world um it's a lot safer for pilots too nowadays you don't have to like risk getting shot down or something yeah that's one of the main benefits of having drones in the military now uh next this one is actually a pretty interesting one fighting forest fires so in canada over the summer there was large forest fires out in alberta and bc um what they would use is drones and they'd use them so they'd scour around and they'd report it once they found a fire because it is much cheaper to fly around a little drone than it is to fly around a big helicopter or a plane all day long and it takes a lot less resources yeah um, another interesting one here is policing. I actually read an article recently about uh, in Japan, they were using, or the drug dealers, they were using um, drones to smuggle their products. So the cops, they would start using other drones to drop nets on them. And then the criminals had set up their own nets on their drones and they started fighting back against the cops. And that is just hilarious. And some cops, when they were interviewed, they said that it was probably the most fun job they've ever had, just going to work and playing with toy helicopters all day. I've never wanted Ooh. to live in Japan more than right now. Yes, Ooh, amen to that. That sounds like so much fun. Um, another important one here, searching for survivors after disasters. Let's say there was an earthquake and a building collapsed. You wanted to send in people to see if there was any survivors. Well, if that building's unstable, you wouldn't want to send in a person until you know that there's people in there, whereas most drones are pretty small or they can be pretty small. So they can just fly in there and it is much better to risk a drone than risk a person's life. And that actually brings me into our next one, 
safety inspections on construction sites, power plants, stuff like that. So again, if you have something that's unsafe, you don't want a person to be inspecting that. You'd want a machine to be doing that or um, uh, a drone to be doing that. So at uh, nuclear power plants, the big funnels, if you breathe that in, there's a very good chance that you could get cancer or other sicknesses. Whereas if you fly a drone in there, uh, it's just going to get a couple of wires fried. Maybe the electrics are going to short out. But that is much better than giving a person cancer or even a person possibly dying. Um, also on construction sites, what they do now is they have drones fly up to the bolts and the nuts and they have them test to see if they're in right to inspect it. So I think that's a really smart idea too because it can go a lot faster than a person having to climb up on a ladder and check every single one by hand. And it's a lot safer because there's a bunch of accidents at construction sites yearly. So this could reduce that number. Especially during the winter right now in Canada, it is very cold, very icy. There's actually just by my house, a construction site. It would be so hard for someone to have to climb up on a ladder in the winter when it's cold and icy to check a few things. Whereas a drone can just fly up and inspect those. It is much safer than crawling a couple hundred feet in the air or even maybe just 20 or 50 feet in the air on something very icy. That could probably probably be like the next generation of like drone applications. You can like have like a bolt tightener and stuff and attach it to your drone. I'm, I'm willing to bet that's going to happen very mm -hmm. shortly. It won't be just cameras on drones. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that has been happening recently. They've been delivering packages. You see this a lot with Amazon down in the United States. Mm -hmm. They've been delivering packages. They just started doing that, I think, recently, right? I think but, like they started around a year ago. I think I heard that on the radio or the news. Yeah, yeah that is definitely recently. Yeah, but that is much more efficient than having a truck drive around and having a, a human carrier who has to get out of the truck, walk to the door, put the package down and go back. Especially now that we're in lockdown because of the coronavirus, it is much better to have something autonomous fly up, drop the package and fly away rather than potential human contact. We can even say that delivery men can work from home, which sounds very bizarre, but it could work. Yeah, that, that would be fun to do, to fly a drone from home. All right, so now that we've gone over a couple of the different roles that they can perform, let's talk about are they good or are they bad? We've heard a lot recently that they can cause destruction, they take away jobs, that sort of thing. People are saying this mainly about the military drones. They're saying, oh, they're used by the military, so they're bad. They're causing destruction. Um, well, yes, they certainly can be used by the military for that purpose. But I think another important thing to look at is all the good that they're doing, like the safety inspections, the firefighting, the policing. Um, it is definitely done a lot better or a lot more good than it has bad. So I think drones in that aspect are pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like you said earlier, when they have to go down into like the funnels of uh, nuclear places, it's breathing that in could severely harm someone. And it's a lot, yeah, it's, it's much better to risk a drone than to risk a person. So. Yeah, for sure. And another argument is um, they're always saying, oh, drones are gonna take jobs away. Um, well, I think they are going to take certain jobs away, but they're also going to create a lot of new jobs because most drones right now, 
they are not autonomous. They need a human pilot sitting behind the controls and flying it around. So that's a lot more jobs that are going to be created. Mm-hmm. And I think those are definitely a lot better jobs too. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people talk about like AI and all that with drones, but drones, as we were discussing, they're not AI at all. Like there's a person behind that and that's a job right there. So, Yeah, um, I definitely think it is possible for AI to fly drones. There have been a few examples of that, but we are not to the point where it is, again, mass implementation yet. So a lot of people, I've always been told that um, the job I'm going to have in the future, the job I want to have in the future probably doesn't exist yet. That is definitely true for drones. I would recommend getting your drone pilot's license immediately. It is a very useful tool to have if you're a photographer, a construction worker, pretty much anything, because there's going to be a lot of jobs that require drones in, say, the next two to three decades. Yeah, I agree. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about some more risks of drones. So this goes back to, are the drones good or bad? So firstly, a lot of people have been saying, oh, they're going to fly into restricted airspace, like military airports and, um, well, airports in general. There have been some pretty big examples of that. Like I remember a few years ago at Gatwick, the second biggest airport in London, they had the whole airport shut down for a whole day just because a drone flew over it. That is crazy. Yeah, and in Canada, we have strict laws placed against that. You can't fly. What's the range, Anderson? You probably know that exactly. Uh, it is about one nautical mile away from an airport or an airfield. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of drones now, even like drone apps that you fly on, they won't let you fly in that uh, airspace between the airport, so. Yeah. Well, and I think it's similar with the military bases. There's tons of signs up saying no drones. With that one, it's different. You don't get you don't get a band. It would likely get shot down. But still, those are legitimate concerns. They're legitimate risks. Um, I definitely think a good way to stop that would be to put stricter laws in place and make people take higher tests. For example, in Canada right now, if you want to fly a drone that's over 250 grams, you need to have a certificate. You need to pass a test from Transport Canada and you need to get licensed. Interestingly, though, the drone that I have is exactly 249 grams. It's the DJI Mavic Mini. Um, it, was, it was definitely designed just for that to be 249 grams because in a lot of countries, 250 grams is where the regulations start. Like in America, if it's over 250 grams, you also need to have a certificate from the FAA. But I think it should be more more like um, maybe 200 grams because there are tons of drones now that they're, sle- like they're sneaking in right under that 250 gram mark. Interestingly though, if you put the prop guards on, because this comes with prop guards, which are like big cages to protect the propellers. If you put the prop guards on, it's over 250 grams. So you need a license. So when you put on the safety features, you need to have a license, which I think is pretty ironic. Yeah, like you said, I. it's kind of funny how companies are trying to get by this 250 gram just because they want more people to buy. But a lot of people that have like drones with really good cameras and all this, they're going to take the time to get a license and all that. And if they don't, well, then they're just being sneaky about it, I think, which brings us to the risk of being spied on. I don't think you should be having a criminal record if if you uh, 
if you want to buy a drone, especially a drone with a camera on it, and especially one with like that you have to get a license for, which is why I feel like that mark should be lower because drone companies are trying to get by that uh, 249 to 250 grand mark. Yeah, um, people do say that a lot. I've heard that quite a lot saying, oh, we're going to be spied on. I'm going to tell you something right now. Your computer is more likely to spy on you than a drone. Um, that's a different conversation, though, which we're not going to have tonight. But I do understand where you're coming from. For example, the drone, I have it as a two mile, which is 3.2 kilometer range. That is massive. So I could fly to the other end of my neighborhood and back without leaving my house. So if there were to be a drone, if you spotted a drone, it would be very hard to tell who it came from, especially considering most drones look almost identical. Most nowadays have four engines, they have a camera, and they're either white, black, or gray, one of those colors. So it would be very hard to tell the difference between the different drones. Exactly. If you want to report to police that you found a drone spying on you, it'll be very difficult to describe the drone because a lot of drones are pretty much identical in uh, looks. So the police most likely won't be able to find the person flying that drone, which is why I said earlier that if you've been charged with stuff like spying and harassment and all of that, you shouldn't be getting a drone. It shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, exactly. And I think it should have um, a criminal background check, like you just said, but it's very hard to do that considering that the Transport Canada exam is on a computer. It's very hard to get a reliable background check. Um, but I think another good thing that the Canadian government's doing to battle that really is um, they now require you to register a drone if it's over 250 grams. So you have to um, submit a report saying what type of drone it is, how heavy it is, and then they give you a serial number and you have to write that somewhere on the drone. Now, my drone is not registered because it's 249 grams, so I don't need to register it. But most other drones people will see like if you're being spied on the police can probably access that database and look at all the people who have drones they could probably go and talk to them interview them see if they have alibis that sort of thing so i definitely think that is going to help but again it's hard to spot a serial number on a very tiny drone yeah for sure and if a drone is spying on you it's probably from a distance so it's it's very hard to read that small writing of a serial number so yeah, so let's talk about some ways that we can fix these problems. So as we said, um, we all think that drone pilots should have to take a test, get a license to do that. I think that is definitely a very good way to, um, to stop these sort of things from happening. But I think another thing is that we need to have harsher penalties for people who do commit these crimes. I think that these crimes should be uh, prosecuted as if they were being done in person. Like if you're spying on a person in person, it would be probably a pretty harsh penalty. I think it should be the same with drones. And I think you should instantly have your drone license revoked if you're caught doing one of those things. Yeah, for sure. It shouldn't be let go. It, like, if you're flying, you should know if you're flying near an airspace. Like, come on. Like, if there's planes going up and down, you should know, like, your drone might interfere with that and cause problems. So, yeah, not only that, but most drone apps today, as you said earlier, they have um, mapped out all of the airspace in Canada. That was actually an interesting thing I found out about my drone. And they have highlighted in bright blue um, where all the airports are, where the military airspace is. So it's very hard to miss. And it also has like a really loud beeping noise if you try to take off inside one of those restricted airspaces. Now, you still can take off. 
but it's going to be very annoyed at you. Like it's going to make a ton of beeping noises. It's going to give you tons of alerts, but you still can do it though. I think if you were to do that over a military base, they do already have harsh penalties for that because the reason they don't want you over there is because they want to keep our military secret secret. They don't want our enemies finding out everything they can. So if you fly a drone over a military base, you better be prepared to have a lot of interrogation. You better be prepared to have your drone license taken away, probably have your drone taken away. Um, and I think that's deservedly so. You shouldn't be taking pictures of a military base at all. That is definitely a very bad idea. Yeah, I completely agree. And if you're living in a city, you should know where your military base is or roughly where it is. So I don't think you should be flying near those places. And another thing is that there's tons of regulations um, in Canada about where you can fly your drone. For example, you're not allowed to fly within 100 feet of people. Um, that might be a little too much, but I think that it is definitely good that you can't fly within a certain range of people. Because I think the best area to fly this would be out in a wide open field, maybe like a soccer field, or if you live out in the countryside, out in a farm field, that would probably be the best idea. Um, I think that's a little strange though, because that technically means you can't fly in your own backyard. That, that doesn't make sense, but it kind of does. Like, I do agree that there should be a limit to where you can fly it. Just, I don't think a hundred feet is exactly right. I think a hundred feet is a little extra. Like you already have to, when you get your basic license, you have to keep an eye on your drone. So I don't really see the need for you to if you're if they trust you to have a license to fly a drone that law maybe like uh, 100 feet is really extra i think it's very far yeah um i do agree with it slightly though i mean there have been tons of people they're complete idiots they'll fly it into people they'll fly it into people's houses like when you when you're flying with a drone a good rule is to use common sense. If it looks stupid, it probably is, and don't try it. Though that is, um, going back to what you said, that is true. You have to keep an eye on your drone, or you have to have someone else who can see your drone at all times. I think that definitely makes sense, because if you fly behind a building, and then boom, your drone, your, uh, drone loses contact, you're screwed. You could hit the side of the building, you could hit people. So that is a good idea. Um, so, I did want to uh, um, bring something up real quick. The 100 feet away from all people rule, it does seem a little excessive considering that in the base license, you have to keep your eyes on the drone at all times. And I don't know about you, but I feel like it's going to be a little hard to see a 10 centimeter long object 30 meters away at all times. Yep. It is, it is very hard. I'll admit when I'm flying, um, it's very hard to see. That's why I usually rely on the camera as well. I usually have a lot of people and I use the camera and I have them looking at the drone. That's definitely a good rule right there. And it is legally, you don't have to be the one looking at the drone, but someone does have to be looking at the drone. Um, yeah. Another piece and I of think you have to rely on GPSs too. Yep. Um, another piece of advice for all of you drone pilots out there, print off a copy of your license and keep it with you whenever you're flying your drone. If, um, anyone ever comes to take a look at your license, like uh, the police or Transport Canada, you need to have that on you or else there's a good chance they're not going to believe you. So like if you're driving without a driver's license, they're not going to believe you that you have a driver's license. 
Um, drones, I definitely do think that they're an exciting technology. They're going to be probably one of the most important technologies in the next century. Not even the next century. I'm willing to bet the next half century. So here's what I'm recommending you do. Go out, take the drone test. It is not as hard as it seems. You should definitely study for it, though. There is very good information on it. Um, and read up on your local laws because there's a lot of people from around the world who listen to this podcast. It's not just Canadians. So everything we talk about on this show is from our point of view. It's from the Canadian perspective. I would recommend you go and you read up on your local country's law or your municipality's law. It would definitely be worth it. It's nice to hear that it's not just Canadians listening to this. It's pretty, it is. It's that pretty is shocking. very exciting. Um, so before we leave you tonight, we'd just like to talk a little bit about the sponsor for this episode. This podcast is made possible by the 102 Squadron Air Cadets. Right now, we are unable to do our normal fundraising due to pandemic. Instead, we made a Squadron cookbook. All three of us are members of the cookbook committee and have seen the months of hard work that have gone into it. It includes recipes from almost every cadet, officer, and member of staff. Books will be, be available for pre-order soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And Thank you, that Paul. concludes our episode for tonight on drones. They're an exciting new technology, and we all definitely cannot wait to see how this goes. Thank you, and see you next time. Have a good one. Have a good one.